Buildings have evolved, so let's give them the attention they deserve. This is 10 Minutes to a Better Building, a podcast from the building experts at Boland. We're a building solutions provider with more than 350 professionals and 150 technicians with one goal in mind, to make your building better. Hello and welcome to 10 Minutes to a Better Building, a podcast from Boland and your source for thought leadership and insights, all with the goal of helping you have a better building. Joining me today is Jerry Scanlon. He is the Executive Vice President at Boland. Jerry, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Tyler. It's good to be with you. Well, it's great to talk to you today, Jerry. And today we are discussing indoor environment quality. And this is going to be interesting because I've heard of indoor air quality, but indoor environment quality uh, kind of takes a more comprehensive look at things. So, uh, Jerry, just give us an introduction into indoor environment quality and tell us a little bit more about what it is. Yeah, Tati, you're you're right. Uh, A lot of people have heard of indoor air quality, and this is really a a broader topic in indoor environmental quality. It speaks to the total uh, indoor environment in buildings. And we look at kind of uh, how we got to this point. I mean, certainly the indoor part of buildings has, has, has always been important. Uh, when we think about buildings, most buildings are, are built for people and a purpose. And so whatever's going on in that building, uh, we need the environment to be conducive. But, uh, you know, throughout the course of buildings, there's also been a tension with, with energy consumption. And sometimes those two things are, are in a natural tension with each other, meaning that uh, a greater indoor environmental quality building may consume more energy. And so we may do things that uh, make us more conscious about our energy consumption that may actually may, may hurt the indoor environmental quality of the building. And if we go back 20, 25 years or so, a lot of our listeners may be familiar with the U.S. Green Building Council and uh, the LEED rating system, which was a, a way to rate buildings. And, and that really rated buildings uh, with their impact on the environment, the external environment, maybe, mainly. And we talked about sustainability and green buildings and all those kind of things. But that was really more about the building's impact on the environment. Well, in the last 10 years, people realized that, you know, maybe that pendulum swung a little too far. Maybe we really lost sight of, of one of the more, more important parts of buildings, which is the people that are in them. And, and what are we really doing to make sure that the, the buildings are good for the people that are in them? So that tension emerges. And, and so then the Along comes something which is called the Well Building Institute, and they have a well building standard and, and similar kind of thing. It rates buildings based on their indoor environment and how good they are for, for people and the impact that it has on, on people's well-being under the presumption that people's well-being leads to productive people or outcomes, whatever outcomes you're expecting to happen in the building that people are supposed to produce, that those become better if, if the indoor environment is, in fact, better for the people. So what all makes up indoor environment quality? Uh, what, what are some of the elements that make up that holistic kind of look at indoor environment quality? And tell me a little bit more about the impact that these things can have. Well, you think about, you think about our, own, our own experience and, and our, our senses. You know, we're, we're, we're sensory beings and things that happen around us in, impact and influence us and also infla- in, influence maybe uh, how productive uh, we may be. So I mean, the, the, main, the main things that, that impact the in, indoor environmental quality, and, and these are pretty, pretty straightforward, in, is uh, one is certainly the, the lighting, and natural lighting is better than artificial lighting, but you know, lighting levels in general, uh, acoustics and sounds and, and those kind of things, the uh, indoor air quality, you know, how good is the air that's in the, in the building, and then uh, lastly, the thermal comfort, you know, is it comfortable, hot, cold, humidity, those kind of things. So those are the kind of the four, four big areas that, that impact people. And, and again, 
we all know that uh, in our own personal experience, even that if we're uncomfortable in a building, then it, it impacts our outlook. It can impact our productivity. It can impact our attitude. It can impact all those things. And then, and if we want the people in the buildings to be good for what they're for, what they're there for, then we want the indoor environment to be as good as it can possibly be, so, so that we can get the best outcome for the people that are in there. Uh, there are other other things too that when you look at the well building uh, standard, it gets into things like uh, water. Certainly, you know the, the quality of water that people may be consuming while they're in the building, as well as you know what kind of food you may have in the vending machines, and and uh, you know walking, encouraging people to walk versus take elevators and things. So there's those other other things which do more with the the individual health of of the person. But when we talk about the environmental quality, we're typically talking about those things that are external to the person that that are uh, in the building. And we can certainly contextualize this a little bit more, given everything that's going on with COVID-19 in 2020 and now into 2021. Uh, that seems to maybe highlight and, and I think maybe bring into sharper focus uh, all of these different aspects that make up indoor environment quality. What has COVID-19 really done to maybe highlight some of these things and, and bring them into view for uh, maybe a wider range of people? Well, you're absolutely right, Titer, in that regard, that the whole COVID pandemic is kind of brought the indoor environmental quality really, really to the forefront. In all honesty, it's, it's kind of played second fiddle to the energy, uh, energy consumption of buildings, in part because, you know, the energy bill you get every month is very quantifiable. You can see it and, and you can see a, a very close cause and effect that if I do this, I can reduce my energy. The well-building piece of it and people being better and more productive, that's, that's a little squishier. It's a little hard to measure. It's a, a little harder to see and how, to, how you quantify it. Uh, certainly, uh, people like uh, at the Harvard T.H. Uh, Chan School of Public Health have done a lot of research trying to, to develop an economic model between you know how how people feel um, and how the building makes them feel and how how productive they are. Um, but but again, those things have never really taken hold. But this but COVID has brought this to the forefront of people's minds of gee whiz the indoor uh, environment of, of a building. Forget about productivity. It's it's a safety issue, and when we talk about safety and liability, unfortunately, that seems to get people's attention a lot more than the positive things like productivity. So that's that's driving a lot of people's interest in this topic is is the fact of of you know is my building safe for the people that are going to be in there, and uh, what liability may I have if 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 some for some reason they're not safe. So what comes about is you know some positive things that uh, like um, looking at the the uh, air delivery systems and such, and making sure that we're delivering sufficient quantities of air, sufficient quantities of outside air, uh, cleaning the air, scrubbing the air, all those kinds of things that are directly related to the HVAC system in, in the building. And some of those things will cause the building to consume a little bit more energy. And there's that tension that I've talked about, about indoor environmental quality versus energy. But in this case, because of the the, the people's concern about the safety and well-being of occupants and, and what COVID has done there, that, you know, the, the indoor environmental quality is kind of winning out a little bit over the, uh, the energy part of, uh, of uh, the concerns about a building. Well, and I almost wonder if there's not uh, a confluence of things all kind of coming together right at the, the same time. In, on one hand, like you mentioned, there's the safety aspect with COVID-19 and, and also kind of coming together at the same time is this idea that we view things in a more holistic way. Like when you talk about somebody's health, you're not just talking about how much they exercise. We now understand you're talking about nutrition as well and also some genetics and, and taking a holistic view of health, right? And so in the same way, when we talk about uh, indoor environmental 
quality. It's not just the air, but it's lots of things kind of all coming together. And we're tending to view more things in that light alongside the safety aspect, like you mentioned. So it feels like this is really a big moment for indoor environmental quality. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right, Todd. It's not just it's not just one thing. It's a it's a combination of things, and those things are so interwoven and so interdependent that you know you tweak one thing in one area, and it can have an impact in, in some other area. And fortunately, you know we we've gotten smarter, we've gotten better tools, and and we've gotten a kind of a, a better approach at, at at taking these things and and realizing that we need to take a holistic approach rather than just focusing on one thing at the expense of others. So. I think we're, we're seeing a, you know, kind of a better balance if we think about that pendulum swinging between energy consumption and reducing it versus you know, the, the indoor environmental quality. I think we're, we're seeing that pendulum swing back more towards a better balance and a more holistic approach towards trying to maintain the proper balance between those, those seemingly competing interests. So, Jerry, from your perspective, what's Boland's approach to addressing indoor environmental quality and how uh, does Boland go about assessing and then addressing things? Well, it, it's, it starts with an assessment, you know, uh, just a, a look under the hood, if you will, kind of, kind of see how your systems are operating, what kind of things uh, you're doing, uh, how the building is, is being uh, operated and maintained and such. And particularly looking at those things that, that I, I, I spoke about that are most particular uh, with, with COVID, which are, you know, more air quality type issues. And in one of our future podcasts, we're going to talk a little bit more about that specifically because that, that is, is specifically related to COVID. But just an, an, an overall assessment, and besides those air, air quality, air circulation, outside air, those, those fundamental things, which there are, all, there are codes about all those things, but you know, the codes define the minimum that you can do, not, not necessarily what the best thing to do. But then also, you know, when you think about things like noise, HVAC systems can also produce, can produce noise in spaces, and sometimes those noises can be irritants to people who are trying to be productive and such. And that just goes part of that, part of that whole assessment. Likewise, with with uh, with lighting and, and such, you know, natural lighting versus uh, versus artificial lighting and such. But it starts with an assessment with, with our folks, walking with your folks, just looking and getting a feel for what are the things that are working well in the building and, and what are what opportunities are there to make it to make it work a little better. And then from there, putting together a plan to try and OK, what are we going to do about it? And, and that consists of short term and long term things that you may uh, may need to be done as well as perhaps a way to finance those things. Sometimes, you know, the, the money may not be laying around to do those things and you may have to get creative in the way that you, you finance those things to, to make them uh, come to bear. Jerry Scanlon, Executive Vice President at Boland. Jerry, thank you so much for joining me today, talking a little bit more about indoor environmental quality and, uh, and what that looks like at Boland. Great. Thank you, Tyler. And everyone, thank you for tuning in to this episode of the show. You may have heard Jerry mention that we're going to be back soon with more episodes, one of those being on indoor air quality, so stay tuned for that as well. And of course, we'll be back soon with those episodes. But until then, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for listening.